face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon! The catchphrase which is sweeping the nation. <laughs> Absolutely, sweeping it every bit as much as it was last week and the week before. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. Dragon, if you want to get in I'm on that sure action. I'm someone at work almost said it today. And, and if you're doing it on um, as a hashtag, it's three O's. Three O's. <laughs> Dragon. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yes, this week, Prodigy, Ghost in the Machine, and finally, more Dominion War to the death. So, Prodigy then. Um, I'm going to just put it out here early. Enjoyed it. I don't think it's Prodigy's best work. I will say that I think the thing which is kind of carrying me the most with this episode is how they did what they did actually a few times with uh, DS9. They they loved to slip in a big bit of plot at the end of the Ferengi episode because no one would expect it. Yeah, uh, I've Iris Stephen Bears talk about it a lot. Uh, I feel like this th that's what I really loved about this episode. It's an episode which seemed to be a standalone, and then it was so crucial to the plot of where it's going. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that definitely. Really out, but I, I was probably with you for most of it. That it's yeah, it felt. Not not the best, but still bloody enjoyable. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not knocking yeah. it at all. I'm just, you know, I think we, 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 it's fair to say that we're pretty hot on Prodigy, by and large. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, think it, you know. I think it's pretty safe to say that I know it's designed for kids, but it's not just for kids. Mm. Not at all. It's a family show. We've yeah. said it before, I'll say it again. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Ghost in the Machine. Now, this is one of those titles where loads of TV shows have had an episode called Ghost in the Machine. The one that springs to mind straight away is The X-Files. Uh, season one, very early episode where it's an evil building. There's like an AI in the building and it's trying to kill them by making the, es the elevators go up and down too quickly. By that rationale, I think To the Death might have been the perfect partner with this because I feel like that's a title which yeah. gets used a lot as well. I yeah. do. Yeah, I, <laughs> we got I, a title TJ episode. I really <laughs> wish, like, I was really rich for many reasons, but one of the reasons is I could just stay in academia forever. Like, you could so write a, a university essay on the use of titles in TV shows and repeated <laughs> titles and do they connect with it? Honestly, you can blag anything on an arts degree. I'm not knocking anyone. I, I would fucking love to do more arts degrees, well, but you could do that. that. St. Elsewhere did that, didn't they, with the final episodes, how they connected. Oh, yeah, the so St. Elsewhere theory. Yeah. Yeah, I that mean... All of, them were, all of these... Uh, TV shows. I can't remember which network made it. It's it's so 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 many. Yeah, but basically, everything was connected. Do you not know the St. Elsewhere theory? I honestly, I can remember so little that I was quite young when it came on. And um, is it available oh, stream anywhere? Because it's one I'd like I to. don't think it is. I think it's one of them that slipped through the cracks. But in summary, because the, this could be a whole podcast on its own, <laughs> and spoilers for Sent Elsewhere, 
St. Elsewhere finishes by revealing that the whole show has taken place in the imagination of a young boy and you see like the hospital inside a snow globe so he's seen this snow globe and he's been inspired by that which is all well and good except St. Elsewhere did a crossover with Hill Street Blues which therefore means that Hill Street Blues must also exist in the mind of this little boy which is all well and good except Hill Street Blues did a crossover with the X-Files, which means the X-Files must also exist within the mind of this little boy, which is all good, except the X-Files, in the X-Files, Cancerman smokes Morley's cigarettes, which are also smoked by Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which means Buffy, an angel, also exists. And there's a diagram... Yeah, it's it's called. It's named after the boy, the character of the boy. I can't remember. It's called like the Brian verse or something. But Google it, and you can find this flowchart, and it just goes and goes and goes and goes yeah, with all these, these shows. All these different TV shows have been have had some connection to each other, and because one of them was in the mind of the little boy, that all must be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the main two are said elsewhere and Hill Street Blues and so many things have connected in one way, shape or another and they're like the, the main sort of tenets of it but everything else just... So, yeah. I, I, I just, like, it's all good and well, these obscure old TV shows that have a cult following but you wouldn't catch me banging on about them. No. And you can hear more of my thoughts about this on Due South by Southeast, which is coming back for a Christmas special soon. I am willing to bet that that is in that universe. I've not checked it, but I'm, I'm willing to bet Due South will be imagined <laughs> by this little boy. Uh, anyway, back to Ghost in the Machine then. So the, the running simulations, that's the setup of the episode, is we're running these simulations to see if we can get away from the Dauntless, and they can so that's the initial thing yeah like i thought some of the ideas like where they fight the phasers in morse code i thought that was really clever and i imagine yeah janeway or somebody why are they firing the phasers to missiles and did a pattern yes this is the thing i don't that's think it's to take into account thank you i'm with you because i think i'm sorry but Starfleet, like every uh, iteration of Star Trek, they've well, always shown that if someone acts out of character, they don't just shoot and ask questions like that's the one yeah. thing which Starfleet will never do. Yeah. Why, unless they're the, Jericho why are they deliberately Jellicoe. not hit aiming at us? And it's a foot and it's out of sequence what they're doing, or it's almost a sequence. What are the yeah. what are they doing? Analyze it. The don't fire a torpedo at you for it. The only thing I like that's about true. this. It's that I like to think that Janeway and the bug in her system is already having effect, so it's already programming it to make well, them stay in the program. Well, it, no, because we see the point at which that happens, don't we? I wonder if there well, was already some antecedents, though, already some things that they'd said which had a programming <coughs> uh, wanting them to not know the way to succeed with this, because if they succeed, mm -hmm. they just go back and they solve the day, everything's done. But... I'm wondering There's if there was some part, some of the programming already doing that, that work in the machine. You've also got the part of the simulation that they've programmed in where they don't real they don't know that Janeway knows that they're just children on the run from something. That's true. That's true. Yeah, um, true. I like to think though that would come through in a character profile of Janeway because everything in her history shows that she wouldn't just fire first yeah, and that's uh, true. Oh we're throwing out all the good points, aren't we? We're like, like like, these are, 
there's been a few interesting ones these, this week. I've not really watched them properly. I've been too busy, but where people are speculating how long has Janeway be, has hologram Janeway been evil? Ooh, that's yeah, because we question. see that flicker in the eye. It doesn't mean there weren't other flickers. Programming was being didn't she briefly turn evil in season one, part one, aka season one? Yeah, like she did. Yeah, the the. The thingy, the guy, I've forgotten his name, the main villain, what's his name? Uh, the pre- 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 Progenitor? Why have we all forgotten his name? It's not the Progenitor, it's the not diviner. the Overseer, which is kind the of diviner. what I want to say. The Diviner, is thank it, you. The, the, the Dragon! No, the Diviner, you're right, sorry, I knew it was a D word. You did, but well done for getting the, the catchphrase in there one more time. Right, I'm going to start again. Start again. Welcome what to Retrack. Yeah, that's it. We're just going to start again. This is you with your drag on. Um, yes, so the Diviner. I'm sure he made Hollow Janeway evil at some point and she turned yes, green did. or something. Um, she she you know, turned, turned black. We should black be able to remember this a lot better because it's only earlier this season and not a season ago. <laughs> Has the diviner got to us as well? That's the question. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, that actually, what you're saying there only adds to my theory that maybe, because we did see the little flicker in our eye when the programming hit, maybe yeah. just hits us like selective moments. So yeah. maybe if we re-watch all the episodes, we might see other places well, where she could have been more Well, there has been, that she like, there's the part where uh, you couldn't imagine she maybe has been able to anywhere because it's just a cutaway line. <clears throat> I can't remember which episode it was in. But when they're talking about things from the past and Janeway goes, well, I did once um, merge two of my crew members in a plant. And then <laughs> it was fun for half an hour. <laughs> and you sort of think, well, maybe this is evil, Janeway, because I think we've like we've reviewed that episode of Two Bits. And it was morally wrong, however you look at it, and she knew it was at the end. It definitely was, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're not going to relitigate the two Vicks debate because, again, no, we'd be here I all night. There's but... little clues that have been out when she comes out with stories like that as if the fun stories. True. <laughs> that's the evil, that's wanna... the evil side that's been there. And because we haven't realised it's up to the evil side, we've not noticed these little evil stories yeah in that I, way i would believe though that the writers have put an easter eggs that we'll realize i'm later, sure they will know, if that's the are, case are yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> at times when she's been less helpful and we've not even noticed it which i love i also one thing i will say about this scene is i think it's going to thematically be very good when we kind of see the payoff of like the moment as they thought it was going to be in simulation versus how it is in reality, I think that's going to be quite satisfying when you watch this back as a series kind of thing. Well, it, there is it could such go to very different ways, couldn't it? Yeah. Really. Because could, could. at the end of the last episode, we saw the Divine and not Janeway out. Mm-hmm. And that's where it finished. So who's in control of the darkness at the moment? That's a good <laughs> point. Am I also right in seeing, in saying, <laughs> sorry, that we've seen a scene, I think we saw a trailer for the series, and one of the scenes was holographic Janeway and uh, human Admiral Janeway meeting each other. And yes, time, I think we did. In the trailer, if, if I remember correctly, in the trailer, it looked as if, like our version we're of Janeway we're following on the ship was in the right, and, and Admiral Janeway was in the wrong. I wonder if we... 
this in a very different light. If it turns out that Admiral Janeway is being the unreasonable one, or sorry, being the reasonable one, and hologram Could Janeway be. is being the one who's being a dick because she's been reprogrammed. It'll be very I interesting just want to see Hollow Janeway, while we're on about her telling the kids stories and stuff, just... You know, sit down and go, I'll tell you about this time me and Chakotay went down to a planet and he made me a bath. And then he gave me a bloody good scene too. After he fucked a monkey. It's very important that Kingy knows she, he actually fucked both of us. That's that's the secret answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Um, so Dal's all down about his origins and they decide to drown the sorrows in ice cream, as you do, which... <gasps> Not a bad way to drown yourself. No, not at all. I, I, I bloody love, I mean, Pog. he is the gift that keeps on giving. He's so entertaining every scene, just when he's doling out the ice cream, and then he just keeps the huge pole for himself. It's like, hey, but I didn't let him get to me. Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I like um, how when the, how Dell's sad with something, so sad. Pile it on and they're having to laugh that they're giving them more ice cream to drown the sorrows. Yeah, that was just <laughs> And lovely. later when they find out they're still in the simulation, like, what? Even the ice cream? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, actually, right, I've got a huge question about this. How does holographic ice cream work? Right, okay. So well, my, my problem is this. So I know that the matter is reconstituted in the holodeck and uh -huh. through transporter. They, they've even said that they work some technology from the operators in the holodeck. Now, they seem disappointed that the ice cream wasn't real. So I understood it. That I just imagined that they were basically, when they replicate some ice cream in the holodeck, there's real ice It's actual ice cream they're eating. The yeah. simulation does actually conjure something real. Yeah, I always, that was always my take. It, but the way they're saying it makes it sound like they were disappointed there was holographic ice cream. If so, what's it disappear from your stomach? If so, brilliant. <laughs> you just enjoyed some wonderful ice yeah, cream. Yeah, that'd be really good. Bonus! They should be only happy. So I, I was not happy. I, um, I'm not too sure about this uh, holographic ice cream they're suggesting here. And Facebook what? user says, never forget the monkey. Well, Chicote certainly didn't. Well, he did more than spank it that night. Well, it well, wasn't Chicote, was it Janeway? He didn't need to spank it that night, did he? he no, just... no, he did actually spank Janeway, that one. Is kind of oh, no, too far. Too far. <laughs> That's not an image that we need. I that's me done now. That, that's me done for the episode. Hey, hey, hey. Kate, Kate Mulgrew and her time was a very fetching lady, I'll have you know. Yeah, but I don't want to see Chicote spanking her, probably doing some sort of weird, like, Native American <laughs> war cry as he's doing it because he's had bad advice from that geezer. Okay. We really disagree on this. I want to see that. And right at the end, I want the lovely Jewish lady who was from our audience and everything, who, who said this year to just come up and go, sorry. He's one of us. Sorry, sorry about him. Yeah, sorry, just, once just, again, I would again. like to apologise, like Herman the German. <laughs> and by the way, just for anyone who's who's not heard the previous episode, she was in the audience, she literally said, it's like, yeah, that guy was Jewish, and she sounds so apologetic, so I'm not just... Right, yeah. so we need to rein it in, because Rob has rightly pointed out on Facebook that this has taken a weird turn. Where? I didn't see it. No, this is just normal, Rob. You don't, obviously don't watch us enough. Yeah, you have um, to watch more often. Anyway, come on, let's let's let let's get back on track. Oh, and never forget the monkey was Jody. Never forget the monkey was Jody. Okay, we're matching up Facebook users to names. You need to click the little button. Um, right. So, 
the most like emo line possibly in Star Trek ever is when um, Dal says computer lights off let the darkness take me like bit much son come on you mean the scene where uh, this um, it'll all end in tears album start playing in the background yeah that's it and a Nirvana (laughs) track comes on it's like that new Batman film like I know they were going for emo Batman but they're like let's whack a Nirvana song in there hey if you're going to put a Nirvana song in any way you make sure it's a slowed down new uh, female vocalist version that's the it wasn't it was the original Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, Batman Money. Movie. You can do all you like with Batman no, Money. No, no, no. It was in um, in Black Widow movie. They had a Oh, yes, they did. I thought I was all right, actually, that first. No, I did like it. I'm only taking the basics. Yeah, it was anyway, good. Anyway, uh, and Rock has got what can only be described as a Pokemon uh, that has apparently escaped from the holiday. I mean, this is just a Pokemon. I'm not, I'm not great with Pokemon. It's one of my weak points in my geek knowledge but that's definitely a pokemon i'm sure i've caught about three of them down east end park on that pokemon go app um the the only thing i've got a problem with this is as this episode moves on and the holodeck things start to merge with each other she later on just quite confidently starts telling it off like it's the creature she sees how does she don't know it's not got a programming of the sea beast that's going to kill you she's going ah naughty naughty (laughs) Yeah, just a believer. Yeah, Rock's just a good person. They all seem to. My problem is they all seem to accept the reality together that it's like right. That's definitely what we're seeing, not the programming behind what it was going to be. Do you see what I mean? It's like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like know that, and they all agree on it automatically. It's a bit of a leap of logic, which um, isn't played out in the episode it's kind of a minor quibble but it just bugged me it worked out for them though it had been a much different episode if it had gone your way and that thing had just killed them all and you'd been like well that's not how i expected that show to end as always i just want a one line explainer where it goes it's like but how do we know it's the uh the the thing we're seeing and not the the sea creature was replacing it's like well we have to take that risk then just get on with the episode just just two lines two lines you need there are you listening, writers? We need explanations as to why the killer Pokemon are not killing people. Yes, thank you. There we go. So then they get like sucked into all these different different genres and different takes and things yeah, like that, as like we it, often do on the holodeck. Like it starts with zeros and they think they know what's going on because they're, oh, this is my mystery Mystery mansion. And, he, and as soon as we think we solve the puzzle... The arc will open, and we have seen this in other Star Trek previously. That mm-hmm. you, fi- you finish the story, and it lets you out when the yeah. Once the story it's... finishes, yeah, yeah. Which no, is why is the, there is an entire Starfleet ship that was lost because they ran the Song of Ice and Fire simulation, and George R. R. <laughs> Martin has still not finished a Dance with Dragons in the 25th century. Yeah. So they're the all caught at the end pending. of book five. <laughs> they're just stuck in there, this big word pending. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No. Uh, one thing I did want to acknowledge that I actually really like the fact that um, very certainly without signposting it, they just let Zero sound a bit more cheery. Zero is usually quite monotone, quite measured, but his excitement at going to this holodeck thing that he likes, that was a really nice touch, I thought. Like well, they didn't they didn't have to call call attention to it. We all saw it, but I thought it was nice. 
Yeah, absolutely. So where do we go from it? So yes, we got the mystery mansion, and then we go all black and white. Oh no, no we don't. We get away. zero for uh, Jankum first, don't we? He's got the we bikers. Everyone's being a dick to Zero, by the way, as well, in that first one. It's like, uh, oh, that sounds like Yawn's film. I mean, Jesus, when did you guys become this impatient? Sorry, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'd have been up for it just staying as the murder mystery, like, for the whole episode. I, I love, was, I love watching stuff where people solve that. What did we do there? Sorry, I hit our intro again. A little bit of random. Hello, and welcome to Retrick. Let's do it again. Yeah. Fill <laughs> this up. Yeah. It was the biker fight. It was the biker fight. Thank you, Facebook user. Yes. I, you know what I'm doing? I'm not ticking off my notes as I go through. So I need to tick them off. So I'm going to tick off biker simulation. Jankum has a biker simulation. And this is where they realise that the thing is out working. The, the holodeck safeties and everything. Yes. Do they even have holodeck safeties in Star Trek? Because they're always off. <laughs> Well. Yeah, just not good ones. <laughs> like, is there any holodeck episode where the safeties stay on all the way through and they go, oh, I'm so glad I didn't get hurt because the safeties the were on. Was, the problem was the one <laughs> part of the algorithm yes, the that the holodecks work on. True. It was just involved, it was, uh, all through. <laughs> the only problem is they, they brought one bit of, of the technology which makes Starfleet holodecks work from the Ferengis, and that's the safeties. Unfortunately, mm. the Ferengis, being a load of kinky bastards with all this, the programs they put up, they don't like the safeties to be too safe. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, extra thrill, the, so they permanently got them off. So that that's where the error is. The Ferengis are kind of like the Activision of the holodeck world. It's like, if you want safeties, you've got to pay nine ninety nine a month for the special upgrade, and you need a loot box. Also, when a lot of their, their stuff, let's face it, a lot of the Ferengi holodeck, st holodeck stuff is porn. Luckily, in porn, sometimes, if you're getting a bit sexy time, sometimes a little bit of pain's needed. That's all I'm saying. Maybe that's why the safeties don't work so well. Could be, or it could be hollow pain. It's like the hollow ice cream. It goes. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're just kink shaming the uh, the, the Starfleet Ferengi. I'm not kink shaming the Ferengi. They can do whatever they like. It's absolutely fine. Why is it so well, easy to turn off the safety? That's a very good question, Rob. Because it turns on the Ferengi. Because it turns on the Ferengi. I explained this. Yeah, I think Elliot's got it. It's a, it's a plot device, isn't it? You've yeah. just got to be able to turn it off. But yeah, you think you've you need... Got to, you've just got to accept it. I mean... Because generally, I think this is a good new take on the holodeck thing, because it doesn't follow a lot of the kind of tropes. But the safety thing is a... Like, it's like... It's it's written somewhere in... in Gene Roddenberry's Bible on the holodecks, the safety shall fail. It's like one of his main yeah, commandments. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you know, like now, if you're playing a computer game, you're like, I want to turn it on to easy mode. Are you sure you want to put easy mode on? Yes. Turning on the easy mode will mean that you won't get the achievements. But so you get about twenty pop-ups just trying to change the mode on a computer game now. So by the twenty-fifth century, maybe it went too far. It reached critical mass, and they were like, "That's it. You only need to ask for things once, and then you get it." So maybe that's why. I don't like it when those uh, like, are you sure you want to turn on easy mode? Uh, things get a bit sexist. So, oh, are you sure you want to turn on easy mode, mode, Marianne? I mean, come on, man, not cool, not cool. No, it's not at all. But there you go. That's you shouldn't be trying to what turn it easy mode on. What does your husband think of safety mode? That's just outdated. It's not okay. 
Then it goes black and white. I've got my notes in order now. And they go to a club, right, called the Key Club. Now, there is in Leeds a club called the Key Club. And yeah. it's it's a really good little rock bar that has gigs and yeah. stuff like that. It used to be one of these where, like, it were proper grungy and, like, your feet had sticked to the floor. But they, they, it's a bit classier these days. Oh, and yeah, that's yeah. it, exactly, yeah. I miss those rock clubs where your feet would stick to the floor. Oh, the key club were like that. that. Like, and There's still a few uh, bars like, and clubs like that in Leeds where you stick to the floor. There is, the but... Oh. still stick to the floor. Birdcage doesn't exist no more. There yeah, used to be so, the key... There's another bird, birdcage. Oh, no. I thought we'd got rid. No, there used to be a, uh, a bar called the Key Club in Southampton, but you it just had a massive bowl in the middle. Uh, some stuff went down. Totally different kind of bar, <laughs> yeah. Just went on. <laughs> and Murph's a nightclub singer in this one. So I like this idea I that... I like that little thing. Yeah, yes. That Murph's And got, I hope it is him. He's got his own little life somewhere and he's doing these hollow programs where he's singing. I feel like we need a bit more insight into Murph after this. It should be like in Parks and Rec where like Ron Swanson's secretly a jazz singer. Like let let's have that with Murph. Let's, let's... Let me also throw out. They said um, or uh, he's just really good at lip syncing, but yeah, they the never confirmed he was good at lip syncing. He could have been singing. Could have been singing, yeah. Commercial. Yeah, oh, yeah, I already answered you, Facebook user. Is that you, Jody? That's Emma. Oh, Emma. Okay, Emma. I already thought of that. They said it might be that he's just really good at lip syncing. They didn't confirm. I think, I like I think, think he's singing. good at miming, but we don't know if he can sing or not for sure yet. No, no. Maybe that's going to be the big mystery voice. of the season. Like the it'll finish with. Murph doing a massive but, song and dance we number. Feel like he can definitely dance now. <laughs> no, well, just exactly. go to the credits. It'll just be like a Murph. Maybe you want to sing us out, and then it'll go to the credits. Oh, yeah. And mystery ending. Dangling the carrot the and then whipping well, it away. Um, right, that's another. Our, uh, that's a very different scene. Bit. <laughs> uh, one question I had though, um, uh, with something to do with Murph and the whole deck. No, it's gone. Never mind. It's how, gone. How's the? Uh, How's he told the holodeck what he wants programming? No, we've. I mean, I think we just accept that with the whole um, Gerati, <laughs> was it singing in uh, Picard? We just yeah, accepted yeah, that. random uh, backing groups just know. turn up, yeah. <laughs> oh, did, well, yeah, that was it. One thing I forgot to check. Do we know who was singing during that thing? I'm wondering if it was the voice actor who plays Murph. I was just curious. Maybe. We'll have to check. No, I don't know. No, if we'll someone who's uh, listening can Google. Yeah. I like that you're outs outsourcing our viewers now. Like, do our work for us. In fact, if you all We're just want to go away and watch this week's Prodigy and then come back to us. Um, no, just stay here and do our homework for us. Thank you. Good That's point. All I'm so then they realise that there's a motive no, to it because it's only their programmes. It's not all the other ones that are included. And I really enjoyed that because... We have done variations on this story so many times, and it is always just the ones that we know. It's always, oh, this is Mr. Wolf's calisthenics oh. program. Whereas at least we get a reason for it here. Like, it, it's deliberate. It's being targeted at us. And that's I when we get pirates. It. Yeah, so that's get, it. I um, love the fact that his holodeck thing was just somewhere where he, he doesn't the have diviner. to... Oh, sorry. Yeah, we get going in the diviner. Yeah, I was just straight out of shining. <laughs> But you, think that's a, you think that's a callback to the bar scene in The Shining? It, it definitely is a callback to the bar scene in The Shining. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't I, pick I just up love on the that. that she, I you? love the fact she goes up and just Ooh. goes, hey, barista. <laughs> she just assumes it's a coffee bar. <laughs> that was nice. 
That's the youth, isn't it? She's too innocent. They don't serve alcohol. But um, well, that's a bit of a clue that the diviner's programming. Yeah, um, that when, from when he took the ship over, he's nice. still slightly in. He's still in there. Yeah, that is that's a good really point. Nice. Unless she's got a program that she's made where it's just her talking to the diviner. No, because she says that um, I'm starting to see why you all enjoy coming in here. She doesn't. You get the impression she doesn't yeah. use holiday entertainment. Ooh, that is that, interesting. Uh, maybe he's the ghost in the machine. Hey. Yeah. Or maybe where Janeway is putting up these obstacles against them, what better obstacle to put in her way to get in her head than her dad, who she's estranged from? Yeah. That's a very good point. Uh, when we do get to the last one, though, I like the fact that... Um, so we're on the pirate ship. I love the fact that his program is just a world where when he makes the decision, it's right. And when yeah, he, yeah. he asks people to do things, they do it. It's just Because it. if you were doing that, and it's the first time you're ever a captain, you're second-guessing yourself all the time, yeah, that would be an ideal world. I totally get that. And I, I, I really felt for him in that moment because it was like his soul lay bare. It's just he just wants people to listen to him and his decisions to be right. That's it. Yeah. It's just a bit insecure. It's very, you know, people talk about the Mary Sue thing of inserting yourself into a story and making yourself perfect and everything. That is kind of what we've got going on with this. It's like that yeah. sort of realised on screen. Actually, it's a callback to when uh, Troy said in Hollow Pursuits, when she goes in the holodeck and sees uh, what Reg has created, before she sees herself, she goes, like, you know, I actually feel a bit bad. This is his own private thoughts and we're just intruding on them. Of course, she changes and she sees herself, but kind of it feels a bit like that. That's his little world yeah. where he's safe and everything. He probably felt really embarrassed that everyone saw it. I mean, this is I, the I, thing in with holodeck programs that everyone just soon seems to be able to wander in without any consideration to whatever the person might be doing in there. And I don't just mean that in a dirty way, but, you know, it is like a private thing that you're doing and having your captain just walk in and go, oh, you're needed on the bridge. So you're saying you want a wank alert on the uh, doors? There definitely should be a wank alert. And um, a flashing red, wank alert, wank alert, wank alert. Yeah, give you like a 30-second warning or something so you can finish. Yeah, but... that, that's all we need. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, a holodeck, pretty much, you, where you can create any fantasy you want, I'm sure 30 seconds will be more than enough. Oh, so I bet I bet the Ferengis sell it by the second, like your holodeck I mean, 30 time. seconds includes the clean-up in that, I mean, I'm just saying. I imagine they just beam it away. No, we saw that in Lower Decks. Oh, we did, yeah, yeah, you're right. To clean up all decks. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> you have to clean up the filters of all oh, the Yeah, but this God. is this is a top-of-the-line ship. You know, you've got, you've got automatic <laughs> clean-up on that. Yeah, exactly. It'll be that. For the Lower Deckers, you have to clean it all yourself. But then, you know, when Captain Picard goes in there for some special time, it just gets beamed away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is where they realise what's going on. So Janeway's been corrupted, she's trying to stop them from leaving, and that's why there is no key to find. It's just a never-ending quest yeah. that they've got going on. Oh, and Zero sounds so happy. Like, partly it was him being him and solving the day, but it was just, it was so in keeping with his holodeck programme, you'd really got the feeling that he'd, he, like, if he was in a holodeck, 
holodeck with uh, Sherlock Holmes, he would have the deerstalker on, he would have the pipe in his hand when he was explaining this. That was his moment to Yeah, absolutely. The classic sort of end of the the mystery wrap-up scene. But I will say this was a great Zero episode. I really yeah, think he's got to have some fun uh, where he doesn't usually. Well, um, that's it. There is that line for Jane where if it hadn't been for you pesky kids, I'd have gotten away with <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Maybe that's coming next week. Maybe we'll get that. <laughs> and anyway, so it finishes with the confronted by the Dauntless. One thing I do just want to call out, though, and I've been meaning to say this for weeks now, is, you know, they've got this whole thing, like, we can't communicate with staff leaks, it'll destroy us all. And in this episode, in the simulation at the start, they go, well, let's try Morse code. Just get a bit of paper and write something on it and jettison it towards them they've got all these huge windows on the bridge yeah. get huge pieces of a1 paper and write a letter on each of the ah, message ah, ah. where do you think they got that paper from though they've replicated it it's it's doused in the uh, program no but they'll be able to read they it could write it on you're right they could write it on <laughs> yeah. the windows yeah again they they did the pen though they'll read it and it's like oh the pen's got that night's in it. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, I, they could find a way, but they're yeah, not going to. So, and next week is our episode before we start the two-part season finale. So I think we're going to start to be wrapping this up now. This is probably the last mainly standalone episode we're going to get this season. Sorry, yep. until they say, oh, season one's got another 20 episodes that are coming out next year. And... <laughs> Yeah, this is only season one, part two. Yeah. Four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think this, this answer question, when's a standalone episode, not a standalone episode. They actually... Yeah, yeah. The amount of plot they put in a... Kind of what in the last, like couple, a last episode. minute or two. But even throughout the episode, some stuff they've laid down, depending on how they play it later, could be, you know, a lot of track, which which comes comes to, to the fore later. I don't know. It's good, though. I, I enjoyed it, even though, like you say, probably not the best work... But they've got such a high standard on the show that even not their best work is great. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I wasn't I wasn't yeah. saying the yeah, episode were bad by I, any means. I just I think, I think it's ended on a great cliffhanger because not only the face of the darkness, but us as the audience don't even know who's in charge. Yeah, you're right. Because of what they did last episode. Yeah. I, was... I didn't even think of that. It was very astute to not have any dauntless scenes whatsoever, so you do maintain that mystery. We could have easily yeah. had a couple of minutes to show what's going on, yeah. but you're right. Yes, I, I mean, probably if they show Admiral Janeway, they've got to give Kate Mulgrew two character payments. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Every time they I have to bill her. I've actually noticed in the um, credits, she's only ever credited as Holjack Janeway. Ooh. She's not it, credited as Admiral Janeway at all. So maybe Admiral Janeway's a holodeck as well. Because you know they put all the names at the start, it goes uh, and Kate Mulgrew as Holojack Janeway. It never says uh, and, and Admiral Janeway. Well, I'd say it's, a, it's a little known fact, actually. You mentioned Tuvix earlier. They got half a character payment each for that episode. It was very easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the guy who played Tuvix got nothing. So they were like, well, we've already paid Neelix and Tuvox. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they they also um, uh, cut Garrett Wong's fee for that week and they never explained it to him. They were just being gets to him by the end. Yeah, (laughs) and from the start. Anyway, 
So, let's move on then. So this is DS9 Dominion War to the death. And I really misremembered this episode. Because if you'd have asked me before I rewatched it for this, where does the majority of this episode take place? I'd say, oh, it takes place down on planet and they have this big battle with the Gemini yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Literally the last five minutes, it's mainly on the Defiant. Yeah. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just not how I remembered it at all. Like... There's a throwaway line right at the start before we see DS9 even that, that's been hit. And this is where they bring the Breen into the Dominion yeah. War. Because they say, we've just finished fighting the Breen at New Bajor. We You're went right. to attack them. <laughs> Don't we see the Breen, or is this before the Breen joined the we Dominion? We see the Breen. It's before um, they join the Dominion. That, that oh, happens we, very we, late we in the, the Breen, day. We um, holding Zial mm. one. And we will call it ZL1 because it's the first iteration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we see that way they're sort of holding them in the prisoner camp. But the Federation aren't involved in that. That's Kira and Decap going and, yeah, save, yeah. and save them. But in this episode, they directly mention that they went and attacked them to bring. That's true, yeah. but the, the Breen don't officially join the war until season seven, I don't think. I mean, it's possible yeah, that they will take advantage. The... It's season six, isn't it, they join? No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's, it's in that final arc right at the end. Well, anyway, this is where, we'll find this out. This is where the uh, seeds are sown for the Breen to side with the Dominion. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this seems like it's a mercenary act and then it leads to, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the, the thing which really surprised me is I watched all the way through DS9 this year and I rem like I remember this being a really strong episode, and maybe it's because I remember it being so strong that this one didn't gel with me. I, I no. really I, I I seemed to think that I was gonna like it a lot more. Especially when they had character moments. I thought they were kind of poorly drawn and well the stuff which I'll get into, but I, I didn't enjoy this oh, one as much. I, I thought, enjoyed maybe, this one. But... Maybe it's because I've recently watched what the Dominion War becomes, it seems paled in comparison. Maybe. So I've got right. to give them that. You know, it might be. You that. see, I've not been because we're covering the Dominion War. Yeah, I sort sort of like at one point I was trying to do a watch through in chronological order, and it sort of fell away. Yeah, and that because of doing this and jumping all over, it got messed up. Yep. And I've decided I'm not jumping forward with the Dominion War. I'm not watching future ones that we're going to cover. So I'm rediscovering it all again, mm. and yeah. some of it's because there's so much Star Trek on now. A lot of this I'm rediscovering for the first time in several years. Yeah, this yeah. was an episode that I, I I sort of missed this one on the first go around because I'll be honest, didn't have enough money to buy the VHS. So what I, I knew the season finale was coming up before too long and I kind of had to think, oh, well, I can't really... But, you know, this don't Hello, look like an essential purchase, so I had to give it a miss. Oh, Illinois in the USA. Illinois, there we go. Brazil. We're, we're reaching, we're reaching out. We are, but I can't um, see who it is. It's Facebook user. So, yeah, oh, I was very lucky, though, with that, because, like, uh, 
where I could only afford to buy one or the other, I brought Deep, Deep Space Nine and my brother oh, well, brought damn. Voyager. <laughs> and my brother brought Voyager, so we got Yeah, the you got it there. I, I had to pick and choose uh, if I didn't have the money, so I was like, I, I'm going to skip this tape because I know the season finale is coming before too long. Like, so do you mind asking? I didn't buy DS9 on video till... Oh, it'd been not. It's, it'd been finished for quite a long time. Yeah. I just bought the whole thing. Can I just ask a relevant question to you two, uh, given your kind of history of Trek, and mm. here we are on Retrek. Um, so what point did you two uh, meet each other and your parents get together uh, and thusly your, your Star Trek love combined? Uh, I would have been about 11, 12, something like that. I was in, so, the, early, I was in the early 20s. So DS9... So yeah. I was in the early 20s and James is 10 years In Star Trek terms. So Star it Trek will have been a, around season 1, 2 of DS9, probably. Yeah, it have been around DS9 time. DS9 will have still been running, definitely. You were, the, you, were the video, you were getting the videos at the time. Yeah. I, I couldn't afford them, so I was just watching them on TV. Yeah. <laughs> So that'll, okay. that'll have been roundabout, roundabout DS9. I like the idea of marking life events by what Star <laughs> Trek was on at the time. That's good. We should do it. You guys were, te- you guys were saying how old you were. It's like, um, I don't know how to work that out mathematically. Tell me what era of Star Trek it was. I, beginning of DS9. Actually, it's probably towards the back end of DS9. Back end of D- I remember lending you season Cause, seven. Because um, I, uh, I was in my early 20s and... So it'd be 91, 92. So, yeah, we'll, uh, it'll have been a few seasons well, in the DS9. So. Anyway, so <laughs> O'Brien starts off bitching, as O'Brien often is. This time he's bitching about Molly, though, not Keiko. So oh. at least he's redistributing it. This is one of my points. You see, I think none of the character stuff they put as throwaways... It's interesting. I'm sorry, I'm not really interested in Molly getting into her bed. It doesn't go anywhere. Then there's a yeah. thing about, oh, but that's Wolf's seat. Oh, well, tough luck home in here now. Wolf turns up. Maybe you'd like your seat. Yeah, there's I'm a bit of padding at the opening, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking that's only good if it then is called back later. It's not funny in of itself, but it, I thought, oh, this is going to be saying something out great later in the episode. Nothing. Yeah, like no if point. his seat gets destroyed in a battle or something and it's like, oh. Or, or later on, it's like, you know, they're, they're there at the seat. It's like uh, a wolf, maybe like your seat. Like, I would care about that right now. You know, something like that. If they build yeah, up a true. reason why that yeah. seems for trivial now. And it's it's not played off later, is it, even? Not at all. It's pointless. I, I do don't like, like any of the interaction. I do like the sort of, the, this is quite early Bashir O'Brien interplay that you get uh, O'Brien questioning, well, what do you know? You haven't got kids. And, well, actually, I majored in paediatric medicine. I came first in paediatrics. Yeah. Which any parent will say to you, it's like, well, which makes you good at medicine of kids. It doesn't make you a parent. Well, O'Brien should have said that to him, didn't she? Yeah, he, he should have done it. He should have indeed. Exactly, but he didn't, so there you go. The station, though, I love the effect shot of the station having taken a pounding by the Jemadar. Um, I don't know if you notice here, but um, they don't get close in with this effect shot at all. No. It, it's all done from a distance, and let's bear in mind, this is before they were using a lot of CGI. Mm-hmm. So this is a physical model. So they were built a small physical model to break. To show the, yeah. Yeah, because you can't 
great, the main. <laughs> no. And, and, the main and I mean, drop. it looks great for it because even though they got really good at wide battle shots with loads of ships in Deep Space Nine, oh, the early CGI they did, oh, it's painful to watch. Like, there, there's, there, oh, there's some really bad examples. Look, it's, you, the, it's painful, but it's not Babylon 5 painful. And oh, I love I don't know, Babylon I, 5, but right, the effects, okay, no, so, no, no, no. You, you forced me to bring this up again. I brought it up on the show. <laughs> The scene where uh, um, uh, the shape-shifting Bashir is flying the um, the Defiant into uh, the yeah. sun, and it just looks like a five-year-old came up with it on a computer. Well, we've not got there like, yet. We've got that to look forward to, so... Oh, it was not good. Me Jordy. Me too, Jordy. You can view them all on my other channel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the more Go on, plug your YouTube channel then, Ilya. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Would that be Retrek Model Studios? It would be Retrek Model Studios. <laughs> you see, he even gave you the opening. Like, right, Elliot was before we came on. Goes like, and cue me up to actually uh, to plug my channel this time. James goes, and what was that channel? And you're like, just silence, Elliot. I'm like, are you just punking Jim at this stage? <laughs> this is it. You just you just can't do right for doing wrong, can you? I want to like. Let's go back to this, like with DS9, where it's blown up. I want to give a big shout out to the core of their Starfleet engineers <laughs> because they fixed this station by in a week because it's fine by the next episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in all fairness, they do sort of signpost something. This is one of my favorite bits that they signpost in this episode when they say about, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had the Defiant here? And, oh, by the way, sending some ships to look after uh, Deep Space Nine. They really position how strategically important it is. So I reckon, actually, there is a good faith basis why they would send a billion fucking engineers to repair Deep Space Nine at any given time because it's so strategically important. Yeah, that does so, make sense. And we don't know how much time's passed till the next episode. So, you know, there could have been time to I, fix I, it. I, I'm just going to like uh, do an analogy also to, to like the vaccine rollout. The reason why we came up with such a, a, a vaccine worldwide in such a short period of time was because the worldwide community were involved in yeah. the project. It's the same thing here. Every Starfleet engineer would be ready to go to Deep Space Nine in a moment's notice. <laughs> oh, maybe they got Frank. Maybe he came and waved people oh, off. Yeah, them. yeah like, Frank's going... No, he's waving off all the other engineers. Like, Frank's uh, going yeah. just reattach the pylon and patch it up. Or did they have to build a new pylon? Because to build I, a new pylon from scratch in a week, I don't care and, what you say, it's bloody impressive. And Maybe they, managed they have to, built ready to just transfix. They managed to colour match it to the original Cardassian architecture as well. That's how good yeah. Frank is. That's the only explanation you need for that. That's it. Yeah, we like yep. uh, Babylon 5, Dan. What's we do the like episode? Babylon 5. What's the OS episode, though? Does anyone... Original oh, series. Original episodes. series episodes, Babylon 5. What other series? Oh, They're yeah, doing a I'm... reboot of it, aren't they? That's in a bit of limbo, because um, J. Michael well, Straczynski was on his Twitter saying, on... I need everyone to tweet this hashtag. I'm just saying you didn't need to point out OS. We weren't well, going to think it was an episode of uh, Crusader. No one remembers that. No, I've not watched Crusade. I just mentioned it. I don't remember it. The reason I've not watched Crusade is because I can't work out which order you're meant to watch the episodes in. The, honestly, if you Google it, it's crazy. <laughs> There's about 10 different orders. 
doesn't matter. It's it's dog shit. I'm sorry. It's, I mean, I watched it. It it, it was okay, but yeah, like, I, I was. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Really. I was done with Babylon Five after Babylon Five finished. Like the I, st- I tried Babylon watching. Tried the watching last season of Babylon Five. Let's sit down. The, because the, the mess about. I'd argue, I'd argue the second half of the last series is great, but the first half where it's all about the telepaths and that geezer called yeah. Byron and stuff like that. No, 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 no. I've got to say, I will even stick, like, I will even allow them that last well, series. Well done, Rob. Yeah, Rob That's watched Crusade. <laughs> yeah, we all watched it once. That's the only answer to that. I've Anyone not watched it, it once. I, I think I've watched it once. Anyone who watched it twice, if you will swear on a stack of Bibles or something, I'll send you a fiver in the post. Ooh, there you go. Right, well, I'm going to go on the Crusade fan the group. Person. No, you said anyone. You yeah, said... anyone, not oh, two. And... I didn't say any two. Ooh, this could get us in for some litigation here. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so there's a really nice character moment with Quark where he's genuinely worried about Rom, where he's like, where's my brother? And, and he is genuinely worried. And then he tries to pull yeah. it back and sound a bit more macho, like, because I'll I'm, kill him. I'm going to kill him for scaring me like this. <laughs> I was, thought that I was, was a really nice moment. It was great. And I, I kind of ruined it for myself by being in analytical mode. I was like, yep, that's what justified his character payment for this episode. <laughs> True. But then Cisco is like, I'm going to do much more than just track that ship. I mean, and it's like, okay, I get it, Cisco, but you're the commander of this station and it's just been attacked and we've talked about all the strategic importance. You should probably stay on the station and let Worf I, do the defiant stuff. I agree with you there. I think his uh, priority should have been the station. I thought, he goes, I'm leaving it to you, Major. Yeah. She's bloody majorly re- wounded. Yeah. <laughs> and something which I threw out there before was the fact that um, he is the captain of both the Defiant and the Space Station, one or the other. You need two dedicated captains for those two things. They're way too important this stage of the game. True. They should have just had Captain Wolf on um, board. And at be this the, point, uh, I don't think they were too important. I think this was a sort of like, because we're not really... We we're not in war yet. We're not in the no, war. No, the war hasn't been yet. declared he, at this but point. But he says how strategically important it is a dozen times. Well, that's why I think he needs a ship as the captain of the station. But I, I agree with you. Once the war starts, I think there should have been separate captains. Once I, I, I still think at this stage, and there was eventually they did make uh, Dax the uh, commander of the Defiant. They, you know, they did do that. Yeah, and war does as well. The, so yeah, very true. But I think the amount that they're laying it on that it's strategically important in this episode they do mention it several times i think it was still at this time justifying to have a, a different i i think and the other thing as well is like cisco turns up and he goes right i'm off back after that i've already got all the senior staff oh you don't need your security chief he's coming with me as well do you not think you should maybe leave the security chief on the station with all this going on nope taking him so it's literally kira and that's it left on the station let me throw this one out as well because <laughs> I do uh, I, I admit like later on they do justify why this um, Jemadar isn't as loyal to the Vorta they explain that pretty well but he goes on about how he is loyal to the founders the founders are right it's not because the Ketchers are white they're just right 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 and each and every one of the founders would have said to him that he is to treat Odo like a god mm. I, I don't think they've ever suggest they say anything else 
and he just ignores that in this episode. It doesn't stay true to his character as far as I'm concerned to not treat Odo like a god. He's going like, oh, or the traitor there. Not one Gemini would call him a traitor. Unless no, they that's, that's true. And yeah, okay, if we're going to start giving it a bit of a kick in, I actually really enjoyed this episode, but now I'm noticing stuff. Um, Wayoon gets Cisco in once they've met up with Wayoon. And uh, the shout out first appearance by Jeffrey Combs as Wayoon. Wayoon won, I think, at this point. <laughs> the first one. Oh, yeah, 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 from, the, won. oh from the get go, you felt that he was in charge of this. I thought there was a bit of a reveal when they moved to, to show him. I, I assume this was a couple of No, this is the first no. one, and it was one of them where they were just like, we really like that guy. Uh, tell you what, we'll just say that they're cloned and we can bring him back. Yeah, we're good with that. Well, Let's do it. But um, uh, Reaching for a hat to take off to his performance in there, then. Very good. Fair so, Mine has got radiation ready for the morning, so... I've got a hat. in there. <laughs> he says like oh I've read up on Cisco I probably know more about you and I know you better than you even know yourself but then he proceeds to go what about if I make you the supreme king of all the federation it's like well if you know yeah. Cisco you know he's not going to go for that well well, Cisco I, does straight away goes well you obviously don't know me very well then. exactly <laughs> so. and, and he, he even justifies it by going Hey, just doing my job. And he kind of is like, you know, he, he'd be well, leaving on the table if he didn't at least ask. Mm. <laughs> like, he does say, though, later on, doesn't he, that he is an expert at lying. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah. And the, so the, the setup is the renegade Gemidar have found an Iconian gateway, which is great that they bring back the Iconian gateways. I do feel like we need to do more with them, so it's such a cool idea. Is this the original series, the Iconian gateway? <laughs> no, it was an episode of uh, TNG. Oh, when they're flashing between we the different places. It. Yeah, we have. Um, I was trying to remember it. Was, and yeah. obviously there was all the theories that the Iconians were going to be involved in Discovery at some point and it never panned yeah, out. And we got and we got that stupid uh Well <laughs> <laughs> Last series <laughs> No it was before last it was series. It was the Red no, Angel. Sorry, you said the, it was the, the stupid Red Angel. and I just filled in the end of the sentence. And it turned out that it was all My, Michael's like, mum, then Michael then yeah yeah it, it won't the iconians is the point um so, but there is a series of novels uh i think it's called gateways uh which is pretty good that spans all the different star trek series and is a fan uh iconians is there yeah i can't remember what it's called i have watched it it was all right it was a all right for a fan movie it was sort of like uh Fan movie episode uh, Enterprise right, episode, cool. but taken back in time and stuff. It was quite strange. Yeah, no, I'd be definitely be up for more Iconian appearances, but we may not get it. You never know. And then Cisco has this chat with the first, and there's lots of tension going on here. Like I'm in charge. No, I'm in charge. No, I'm in charge. And the I was just going to say, I, I, I do love a bit of late Cisco dick swinging. I'm sorry. He is just, when he loses the hair, gets the beard, he's a badass. Oh, Anything yes, yes. This goes awesome. Like, I'm the first bitch. Like, I mean, I know he doesn't say that, and that was... He might um, as well have done. Mr. T voice I just yeah. did, but... He may as well have said it, though. 
And Worf and the Jemadar have a bit of a to-do and everything, so I love that we've got this thread all the way through, like the first time we ever see the Jemadar, before they even knew Worf was coming into it. One of the first things he says is, I want to fight a Klingon. And yeah. then we sprinkle it and sprinkle it, and eventually we get to that bit where Worf's fighting them all in that gladiatorial arena in the prison. <laughs> and, it, and, and Worf kicks ass. Yeah, it feels yeah. like they had that plan from we the start. Will get which... to, we will get to Purgatory's Shadow. Oh, eventually. I promise you. We will get there. when We've nearly done season four, and that's in season we, we five. Might be so old. We might be so old that I we're in Purgatory's Shadow at the time, but... No, it's definitely that. five, is that, so we're, we're not a million miles away from it. Um, then, yeah, you get the clash of styles and everything. I always like these episodes where you get goodies and baddies working together, and you get the thing where it's like, well, they should have set the detonators and blown themselves up, and... Cisco's oh, yeah, like, no, they need to get it out. And, no, 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 that's rubbish. I also love the fact where they go, it's like, uh, we'll look for the shimmers. Like, we know what we're looking for, but it kind of like, it does feel like the shimmer's very convenient in some episodes. In some episodes, you can clearly see them shimmering yeah. miles away and you manage to shoot them. Other other ones, they just appear in front of you who are like, where was the shimmer there? Yeah. yeah. Well, I put that down to when the white's running low. Ah, oh, like okay, I yeah. Because like we do see in one of the later episodes when they're getting low on white, they can't uh, shroud anymore. That's Elliot, true. Once again, you fixed it. Yes, Thank they you. say we lose our ability to shroud, so I don't think it's technology. I think it's an innate, like the chameleons, yeah. the very lizard-like, don't explain why well, the clothes can do we, it. Well, that's why we covered that episode. We did. Because we believe that. That give a lot of the ideas for what the Gemma's are. Yeah, Captive okay. Pursuit, Tosk and yeah. the Hunters and yeah. everything. Yeah, I've yeah. said it before, I'll say it again. If they put a line which explains everything, that's all I need. I, I don't need a, like a whole episode about why it works. Yeah. Just a line going, it's like, um, well, when the white's running low, you're right, it was in there. They've covered it. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, the scene I really do like is the scene with Dax and the Gemadar. And he's like, well, we don't eat, we don't sleep, we don't have women. And she says, like, do you lay eggs or whatever? <laughs> yeah. But I really like that they give this Jemadar a little bit of personality. Like, when he when he asks her how old she is, you can tell that he's genuinely interested in it. And it, it's it's humanising the Jemadar to a well, little he's also, extent. He's also impressed, isn't he? Yeah. Because, like, they're having this talk and all that, and... and it, this is where we get the first time that they say that they're clones, that they're grown. Mm. And we we have seen that episode of the young Jemadar they found, yeah. how quickly he grew. And he, and he says there, he goes, within three days, we're ready to fight. And this does tally with that, with what we see yeah. in that episode. I think, and I know this is nitpicky of me, um, but I think the only thing that I... It's when he goes like, oh, when she goes, oh, I'm uh, over 300 years old, and she, he goes, oh, you don't look it. I mean, to him, everyone looks the same. Like, no one ages enough to age. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. It's like, yeah. How do you know what 300 looks like? Like, he could, she could look well, after they it. they do know other species in the Gamma Quadrant. So yeah. they will have seen all the... And the founders are like a thousand, so well, you look pretty yeah, rough for a founder. and they look fresh-faced. Yeah, they yeah. don't age. Yeah. That's it. The founders yeah, look kind. 
God, yeah, they'd be going, God, how many wrinkles have you got? You should see, uh, like, uh, the founders when they're older, they just look smooth. Absolutely. That, that's why if they ever invaded <laughs> the 21st century, they'd think Cher was one of the founders. The what? Yeah, I mean, who's been baked a bit. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I'm <sighs> sorry. Look, there was, like, for ages, she didn't age at all. She still looked wonderful. Now she looks made of plastic. That's I'm sorry. All, the, the, that's it, it, all the share is, fans that we'd lost. If only we you could. You can only go so far with plastic surgery, then it catches up with you. I'm if sorry, only I we see. could turn back time and take that comment back. <laughs> if only I could turn back these wrinkles, but I'm not going to resort to that. Oh no, I think you should. I think we'll we'll put a Patreon up, and once we hit like two million, you've got to get all the same plastic surgery shares ad. <laughs> Have we got that, that kind of time? <laughs> I, I, I think the chances of us hitting two million are fairly low, but you know. No, no, I just assume that as a given that we'd make that. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Worf gets in a fight with the Jemadar, who promptly gets killed by the first. And then he, he gives Cisco a bit of sass. He's like, well, you should have killed Worf. Well, he's looking at how they do discipline. Yeah. That if you disobey an order, that's it. You are Jemadar follow orders mm-hmm. without question. If if anything, I, do, I just I think that scene was great, but I didn't need it again later done not as well. So you've got like this one bit going it's like uh you fight for your life. If you win then you're alive and you're not alive until you've won that, then you're dead and blah blah blah. Oh, you mean and then just go to the planet. Yeah. yeah, and then... Um, Nobody says that quite often, don't they? No, no, I'm just saying, though, I feel like we already covered that in this episode. <laughs> so to have it again, and then I'd yeah. do the, like, um, yeah, well, I'm very much alive, so I'd like to stay that way. Yeah, but... It, it felt a bit kind of shoes for... And this I think something... they want to have their cake and eat it, too, with sometimes in this episode. This is a... They... I can't think which tribe it is, but it's based on a tribal thing. No, it's fine. It's but, but I'm saying because they... Because they... about to go into battle, so... From this moment, I am dead. I'm only alive again when I come back from battle. I'm not, you, 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 I'm not trying to say that I don't like that idea, but they already did that in previous episodes, and in this episode they already covered that in that scene. I think to do it no, again that, and then no, play it for a joke. I think it's saying the same thing. Yeah, but I still think it's saying the same thing about them. I just think like to have that. No. I, I think they wanted this treated as a serious episode, but then they made these little comedy moments which didn't work for me. I would no. prefer this been a straight up episode. No, it's like the part where the Gemadar's disciplined and it's like you have not followed odds, like if you were direct odds, you broke it, boom, dead. And yeah. you've been it had been his second through what did you say, eight years, which for Gemadar is half the life. That's true. And it's like, you don't, you, and that is ingrained in the Jemadar that you follow orders. The Vorta give them orders, they follow them. Yeah. Because the Vorta are speaking for the founders. But what I'm saying is that through that scene, through the uh, fact that got to the white, which has been mentioned, and to have that scene <sighs> where they uh, swear fealty to the white, I think that it's treading over the same ground. And the third time, they kind of do it for comedy, which I don't think lends itself to this No, episode. they didn't do it for comedy. You had to... Uh, no, they did with O'Brien. O'Brien yeah, goes, O'Brien's... like, very much alive. That O'Brien was a joke. Did. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not saying they were joking. I, I could have done without the O'Brien bit at the very least. And right. probably that was already covered earlier um, on in the episode. This is just a general critique of Deep Space Nine. And... 
it's one of them things that once you tune into it, it's really hard not to notice, but they always middle name O'Brien. Like, they always have these bits where they go, Miles, Edward, O'Brien. And it's like, why? Why do we do that? Like, we, we don't have Julian always announcing himself as Julian Subatoy Bashir or Cisco as Benjamin Lafayette Cisco. You know, it, why do well, we always so, give him the Edward? Jim, Jim, Jim. What's your problem with the middle name Edward? I have no, I have no problem no, with middle name Edward. Because that's just dying on me. when he's being serious. My full name, my first name is Doctor, my mm-hmm. middle name is Edward, my surname is Squeak. So I'm just saying, if you're starting on the Edward middle names... I'm not starting on the Edward middle name, I'm just You can done. drag off if that's your attitude. I know I will drag on. Uh? Hashtag. Um... No, it's just weird how they always do it. Like, just listen out for it, and it'll start no, to annoy you as well. I, 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 I made it a little joke with my brother. I've got two brothers, one who's really into Star Trek, one who doesn't I'm, give a shit. And I made it a thing of, like, always full naming Miles Edward O'Brien just to, like, see if I could teach him the Star Trek fact just to annoy him. And it's my middle name. It's genuinely my middle name, too. It's a fine middle name. But, yeah, I, I, they do do it all the time with his middle name. And I just want to put on record that I have no problem with him saying his middle name is I have no problem so with it. It's just James can, who can drive off right now. I just think it's unusual behaviour that they always say it to him. So Jim hates the middle name Edward. Okay, I'm just just, just for the yeah. file. <laughs> I'm on your side, Rob. I think it's a great middle name. Me too, Rob. <laughs> I think it's a great middle name. I just don't think it's something that we need to say and all the time. As much as me and Elliot agree on a lot, like if any any two people are usually going to disagree on the show, it's, it's us sparring over ideas, which I love. But like if we agree on the middle name Edward, I don't know why James has got a problem with Jim's got a problem with this. Right, okay. I think it's so that- stay tuned after the show for my official apology video where I will explain why I don't have a problem with the name Edward. I think it's because he's Irish and when he's talking about himself in the first person, he gives his full name. Elliot, did you notice when he said he didn't have a problem with the name Edward, he didn't say anything about middle name. I think he's, uh, his apologies a bit lacking there. I haven't done the video yet. You can critique my apology video after I've done the apology video. So speaking of the ritual, this is jumping back a little bit. I like the fact that... Wayun is clearly bored with it, the fact that he's had to do this so many times. He's just like, do you accept the fields? He's kind of like yeah. Dr. Lazarus when he signs the, you know, by grab fast hammer, and he's just like, oh, for goodness. Actually, also throughout that, I think that's a very good character beat that they get pissed off with the Vorta because they're being so dismissive of them. It's not that, they're, um, that they've got to be loyal. It's the fact their loyalty is being questioned yeah. and they're being so uh, flippant with them, I think does build up to them wanting to get yeah. Yeah, true. And then we finally do get all the action, which is five minutes, which really surprised me. Uh, And, yeah, it's great. The weapons don't work, so we have to do a lot of fist fighting, which is great. And and we get knives out. And isn't it amazing that every sort of bladed weapon looks like the Klingons designed it? It does, yeah. (laughs) I just think at the end of the day, if your weapon doesn't work, give them a good old fisting and everyone will walk away happy. That's just my feeling. And that's a good philosophy to live by. 
And Cisco saves the first, so we sort of get a payoff to that kind of arc there that the first had said he would kill Cisco after it, and Worf had said he'd kill the first if the first kills Cisco. But we end up not having to do any of that because they've learned respect for each other, which is something we'll see again with Cisco in other Jemadar episodes. Yeah. And also with the Jemadar. I I love the fact that Jemadar, they are so loyal, but they do have a sense of honor to the point where when they could kill Wolf. It's like, uh, I cannot defeat this man. I could only kill him. There's there's lots of lovely kind of moments like that. If you push the Jemadar too far, if you don't treat them with respect for what they do, then they will turn on you. They'll turn on the Vorta. Yeah, the which is turn, nice. They won't turn on the founders. No. They'll turn on the Vorta's. They don't, they, in fact, they don't respect the Vorta's. They, look, they see the Vorta's as being creepy cowards. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is a genuinely great, consistent note throughout the show. Yeah, and uh, then like we that's do some of this episode does Sorry. like I know you're saying like to throw some of the character traits, almost push it down your throat in this episode with like swear loyalty to get the white. Yeah, and mm. the about the duty, the. They're saying they have before they're going to a fight, but this sets up so many character traits that are maintained. This is set in yeah. stone. Yeah. In, in fairness, this episode I'm, is set in stone things that we'll see for the next three seasons of how the Jemadar are. The Jemadar no, characterization across the board is very consistent, I would say. Because I know we've had some Gemini until this point, but I actually have to take a little bit of my vitriol back. The more we talk about it, and the fact that you said it was Jeffrey Coon's first episode, which means it's it's got to be fairly early in the Gemini story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably were laying down track, which I'm not giving enough credit to the fact that this was early days, so maybe they did have to say it a bit more. So yeah. I'll take a little bit of it back. Like, I've still got some points there, but... I, I think, think it's right. Perfect. I it's think the, thing with, the thing with this episode is setting a lot of things in stone. That are yeah. maintained for the rest of the show. True. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much it, isn't it? The, the Jemadar do show this sort of idea of honour, like not as much as the Klingons, but it's like, no, we've got to stay now and we've got to hunt down the missing ones. Yeah. yeah. Can uh, I take honour in a different way? Because we've just there shot Jeff Raccoons. Well, their idea of honour is like, we will, <laughs> we will do anything, including dying for the mission. The Klingon sense formula is is based on if you die in battle, so be it. But you can't, you you would never sacrifice your life in in battle if there wasn't a good reason. Not like you're fodder. Yeah. Like everyone in the uh, Jemadar and in the Dominion in general is fodder, and the the Klingons have respect for life. That's why they've got to die in honor because life is respectful. Mm-hmm. The Jemadar don't have respect for life. They've just got respect no. for victory. That's the difference, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And the episode ends very abruptly. It's just like, right, you stay here, then boom, beam up, done. Yeah, it's like they're there, and then you get like Wyun comes out and says, "Oh, great, can I go see the wreckage?" No, nope, it just turns round, bang, dead, disintegrated. Yeah, he just goes to Cisco. I did that because he questioned my my loyalty. <laughs> and actually, it's something I really love. It's like something they used to do in old films. If you watch uh, one of my favorites, is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and this very big, famous filibuster scene. At the end, this guy runs out of the hall and shoots himself, and that's the end of the movie. Mm. Like this guy who's been corrupt throughout the whole movie. In fact, I think he doesn't even, sorry, misses from shooting himself, but he tries to commit suicide. That's the end of the film. 
any film these days, you'd have a five minute wrap up of how everyone's feeling about everything that happened. I kind of like the blunt ending sometimes. I yeah, think it's, it's you don't really get it as happened. much in films these days. But yeah, I, I can't remember which film it was we were watching. Um, but it finished and Chloe just went to me straight, is that it? And I'm like, yep, yeah, that, that's how films used to end. Yeah, I get, and, and, and I'm not saying it's always right, but sometimes it's nice to have that just, right, all the plot points summed up, we're done. We're out. Yeah, absolutely. And you can do it. And the thing, again, we don't get as much in films these days. We sound like right old men. And we're, we're only semi-old men. Um, but, but you don't get the credits running over the picture anymore. Like, it's always no. now. It, a lot of the time, particularly with like Marvel films, though, it finishes with the title card and you know it's finished. But it used to be just like almost the middle of a scene and it just that do 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 and you'd be like oh yeah. it must have finished then and also now you've got to have all the names on the both beginning and end credits back then it was like here's the stars here's the director that yeah, was yeah that were directors guild of america rules and things like that it's that that's why george lucas left it because he he wanted to have the opening thing to star wars and the directors guild of america went no no you've got to credit the studio and you've got to credit the producer and you've got to have the title card and you're like but I want I mean, to do this really cool thing no 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 I mean yeah, I do I, I, I appreciate what it means to people uh, who are in those credits and everything but I think at the beginning just having a short sharp credit scene is and then into the film and then long credits at the end where you play some awesome music have some mid credit scenes maybe well cool. I watched it, really um, sorry these what annoys me now is you go to movies and you sat there watching <laughs> for five minutes Every studio that's been involved in yeah, that's it. true. Yes, <laughs> they've all got their own uh, little CGI, CGI. Yeah, and I then you get the on-screen like... credit, and it's like Disney in association with Touchstone and Paramount and Warner and Brothers Lionsgate and, and presents a digital media production of oh. the. I can also link you back to two ones. Actually, I'm going to do very quickly. First one is in Batman Forever. Uh, René Aubergeois, so I'm linking it back to, to DS9, he must have the best agent in the world because in that beginning credits, they do do what I'm talking about of just having certain names mentioned at the beginning. And one of them's René Aubergeois, and I'm going, mm -hmm. wow, I don't remember this film. I'm watching all the way through. He is in one scene at yeah, the no, very end it's... going, welcome yeah. to Arkham. And that's it. He basically has one line in the whole movie and he's on the <laughs> opening credits. His agent needs to be that is... should have been paid much more. Oh. Facebook user, you're quite right. We did forget Dolby. Um, yes, you yep. do get Dolby Surround in Dolby Vision. So that's another six credits that you get going across. And another Facebook user, are you looking forward yep. to Picard Season 3? Yes. Yes, yeah, we definitely are. Too. Series 1 was dog shit as far as I'm concerned. Series 2 was much better. Series 3, I think they've got an opportunity to continue. I enjoyed Season 1. I think they lost... I think they tried to do too many things and lost the way a little bit by enjoyed season one i think season they had two, i thought they absolutely nailed and season yeah. three i'm really looking forward to Ser series two was a plot arc all the way through it it made sense you knew what like you didn't know where it was going but it kind of like when you saw it made perfect sense to what happened before series one it was like here's a load of ideas let's put it together yeah, yeah. i think when that's I a fair comment jordy Rennie is a fucking legend, so he deserves it. Yes, he does totally. Uh, the other one I was just going to very quickly do, because I watched this the other day, I watched Little Shop of Horrors back, 
And I remember watching that as a kid. And I just watched the first episode of um, anyone on MASH or is instant royalty. I enjoyed okay. MASH. I'm not sure. Oh, MASH, the TV show. Yeah, sorry. Do you think anyone on MASH, like, oh, what, on, hey, on what, what's the, happened the to him? I got hooked on MASH. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You've got to have your bangers and onion gravy with your mash. Well, the best anyway. thing you can do if you are hooked on mash is you can get smash and then you can just snort it right up your nose. You don't even have to bother. <laughs> anyway, I was watching Little Shop Horrors the other day. It reminded me of this story. When I first watched, when I watched it, when I was That's young, and I just watched some of the, um, I just watched uh, some of uh, the early Red Dwarf. It just, uh, <laughs> and I knew who Danny John Jules was. And this kind of character just comes up in one scene and just goes, do, wah, do, I do, It's okay, Jody, he's slow, but he did get it. I did get it. He got it, Jody, don't worry. These four guys come on the screen, they go, do, wah, do, I do, wah, do, and then they leave. And that's their only part they play in the movie. The guy right at the end, I was going, that looks like Danny John Jules. So we'll see the whole movie. Loved it. I love Little Shop Horrors. At the end, they've got... Because this speaks to what you were saying before about like thingy with association with including, and they've got like starring, also, and these guys were also in it. Um, uh, some other guys, and finally it goes like, and the do up dances, and the last <laughs> one, the last credit of anyone who's done the movies is Danny John Jules. I watched through the whole credits just for that, and but, I told that whole anecdote just for that. But if so you got nice. the end, the and credit, that'd have been even better. But no, the best random appearance of Danny John Jules is in Blade Two as one of the like vampire guys that he kills in one of the nightclubs, and you're just like, but they're the John Jules. Okay, in Labyrinth, he's one of the shadow dancers. I know he's one of the shadow people in Labyrinth. And and and, and uh, on set, uh, David Bowie did a track just for them, which was never in the film in the end. It there we go. That's your Labyrinth trivia. I think now that we're sort of falling down the Labyrinth um, <laughs> rabbit hole, we should probably wrap it up. So yeah, We are definitely falling down the rabbit hole, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Patrick Stewart is now on TikTok and he's doing, uh, he's reading bits of A Christmas Carol, which is brilliant. So, and I love seeing his his uh, version of Christmas Carol is really good. I believe it's it's probably one of the streaming services. Most but likely, Patrick Stewart on TikTok apparently gives the best overall. That's what I've heard. Yeah, we're definitely wrapping up now. <laughs> so, <laughs> next week, we will be doing uh, the next episode of Prodigy, and then we're going to do a little bit of a retrek Christmas special. Um, this is all Dr. Squeeze idea, so if you need someone to blame next week... Yeah, when it all goes past. So, yeah. believe it or not, we're going to be even less on topic next week than we were this week. Yeah. Are you going to explain what we're doing? Yes, we're going to do the Retrek Christmas special, which is going to be us pitching ideas for what a Star Trek Christmas special might look like. So please do, do I send me suggestions as well. Like Star Trek Generations. Oh, that, that, that <laughs> well, was an amazing sequence. Pitch. Yeah. By the way, I think we should also get people to vote on which is their favourite and send in theirs. So if you send oh, in your yours. You're going to win. Just send in your suggestions to retrekpod at gmail.com if you've got there any we go. ideas. Or on the Facebook group, or on Twitter at retrekpod, or on Elliot's uh, Retrek Model Studios page, which is on YouTube. There you go, twice. Um, so <laughs> let them know. Send us all them in. 
And yeah, we, we will be so focused next week. As long as it's not the Star it's Wars Christmas be- special, Rob, you're right. Rob, it's going to be worth it. We will now. have Dancing Girls. And uh, fortunately, you can only see our, to- our sort of heads, so we don't have to do grandfather scenes. I was going to no. say, where are the Dancing Girls in your house? They, they're just out of shot. Apparently, they're yeah. below screen. They're over there. Yeah, can't see him. Anyway, thanks for trekking with us this time, and we will see you next time on the retrek. LLAP and trek. Thank you. Night.